I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. Ben Ferguson with you as well. And we have got a packed show for you, including some breaking news uh, that deals with the sentencing of Hunter Biden, plus a massive change in narrative from the White House basically now admitting that, okay, yes, the president did get involved with his son's business dealings, and they were hoping that no one would notice this admission. We noticed it. We're going to play that for you. Plus, a big win on the Strategic Petroleum Reserves, which is going to have a huge impact on this country. Senator, let's first start, though, with this judge. Break this down, because this scandal in Delaware on the eve of Hunter Biden's plea deal, he's supposed to be in court at nine o'clock. And uh, apparently there could be some people that are sanctioned for misrepresenting to the court uh, what they were doing with Hunter Biden. Break all this down. Well, we have massive breaking news that broke last night. So this morning at 9 a.m., Hunter Biden is scheduled to appear in federal court and plead guilty to two misdemeanor charges for failure to pay taxes in 2017 and 2018. Uh, He is also expected to avoid prosecution on a separate felony gun possession charge of illegally possessing a firearm as a gun user, as a drug user. Uh, All of that is scheduled to go down at nine, and it's a plea deal that is designed to be a slap on the wrist so that Hunter serves no jail time whatsoever and that its real purpose, as we've discussed, is to protect Joe Biden uh, from any exposure to Hunter's influence, selling, and corruption. Well, last night, a bombshell went off, which is the U.S. District Judge in Delaware, Mary Ellen Norieka, issued an order, and the order is directing Hunter Biden's lawyers to show up at 9 a.m. this morning and explain why they shouldn't be sanctioned for lying to the court. And let me explain what happened here, because this is a big damn deal. And to be honest, I've never seen anything remotely like it. So the plea hearing this morning, Hunter's expected to come in and plead not guilty. The judge could approve the plea deal today. Say, okay, plea deal's done, slap on the wrist, all done. It could be over today. Well, the House of Representatives is dismayed by that. They've seen the hearings on all of the corruption, the the evidence that we've discussed at length on this podcast. And so the House of Representatives filed an amicus brief with the court laying out the evidence against Hunter and Joe and the corruption and, and really making the case that a slap on the wrist is not in the interest of justice. That's pretty unusual. It's, it's not often that a criminal defendant has the House of Representatives of the United States Congress file a brief 
opposing their sweetheart deal. What happened next is extraordinary. Apparently, Hunter Biden's lawyers picked up the phone and called the clerk's office of the court and pretended to be the lawyers for the House of Representatives. And Hunter Biden's lawyers apparently said, hey, we're the lawyers for the House of Representatives. We filed this amicus brief with attachments. Could you withdraw that, please? We didn't mean to file that. And the clerk's office apparently did so, said, "Okay, if you want to withdraw that filing, we will. Well, it turns out that at least what the court believes right now is they were lying. And I want to read because late last night, the court issued a special order. And and it's a short order. I'm going to read the order. It's oral order. The court is in receipt of the party's letters regarding the motion for leave to file an amicus brief. As an initial matter, defendant has not indicated what specific information should be sealed or made uh, any showing as required under a particular case. In fact, defendant has not filed a formal request with the court to seal anything. The court will temporarily place the document under seal until the close of business on July 26th to afford defendant the opportunity to try to make the requisite showing. Should the defendant fail to make that showing, the document will be unsealed in its entirety. In addition, the court has reviewed the allegations in Mr. Catilla's letter, that's the lawyer for the House, uh, made to the clerk's office regarding the amicus materials. Mr. Catilla asserts that an individual associated with the firm representing defendant, Hunter Biden, called the clerk's office, pretending to be associated with Mr. Catilla and requesting the amicus materials be removed from the docket, which the clerk's office did. The response from defendant's counsel on this issue was that, quote, as far as he was aware, the managing attorney from Latham called the clerk's office to note that personal tax information of the defendant had been filed in a non-redacted manner and to inquire regarding having the information sealed and that, quote, the clerk took the filing down on their own accord. Defendant's counsel also added that he hoped Mr. Katila had, quote, an affidavit from the clerk in support of his version of the events. The court has discussed the matter with relevant individuals in the clerk's office and has been informed that the caller, Ms. Jessica Bengals, represented that she worked with Mr. Katila, in other words, the House's lawyer, and requested the amicus materials be taken down because they contain sensitive grand jury, taxpayer, and Social Security information. Here's the critical language from the court's order last night. It appears that the caller misrepresented her identity and who she worked for in an attempt to improperly convince the clerk's office to remove the amicus materials from the docket. Therefore, it is hereby ordered that on or before 9 p.m. today on July 25th, Counsel for the defendant shall show cause as to why sanctions should not be considered for misrepresentations to the court. Now, Ben, I got to say, I've practiced law a lot of years, just 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 about 30, nearly 30 years now. Yeah. I don't know another instance where a lawyer for one party calls the court and pretends to be a lawyer for the other party. Like, that just doesn't happen. That's the kind of thing... Do you get disbarred for that yes. minimum? And then, yes. I mean, you ruin your career, right, if you do that, because you're, you're literally calling up and, and, and lying about what team you're on in a, in a court case. 
I would assume that's instant. You're disbarred. You're never going to practice law again. And is there even the possibility of like you get charged with a crime for that? Potentially. Look, a lawyer is an officer of the court. You have an obligation of candor to the court. You have an obligation of truthfulness to the court. A lawyer lies to a judge at his or her peril. Now, I don't know what happened, and we're going to have a hearing at 9 a.m. this morning. I expect there's going to be some real fireworks, but the DOJ and Hunter Biden's lawyers were hoping this would be a quiet little plea hearing where we got a plea agreement. Okay, all is good. Slap in the wrist. It's all over. Instead, the judge is saying, tell me why I should not sanction Hunter Biden's lawyer for lying to me and pretending to be the lawyer for the House of Representatives. That's a big damn deal. And this single handedly could scuttle the plea deal. Now, let's let's go to the just a normal case. Okay, take Hunter Biden out of it. Yeah. Take take the fact this is a sweetheart deal. And and it you can now I think it's very clear you would agree, Senator. This judge knows that this is a sweetheart deal. Would you agree with that at this point? There's been too much information out there. There's been too much that's been exposed in the House. Look, it's, it's too early to say. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens at the hearing today. Uh, we'll see what the judge says. If I were a judge, I would not take this this plea deal. A judge doesn't have to take the plea deal. A judge can can press back. It is clear the Biden DOJ wants the plea deal taken because the plea deal is designed to, number one, make Hunter Biden the fall guy, but do it in a way that there's zero jail time. The most serious charges have gone away and that's just a little slap on the wrist. But number two, most critically, this is designed to protect Joe Biden. If this plea deal gets thrown out, yeah, what happens next? That was the question I was going to ask you is, if he throws it out and says, no, I don't accept this, then what happens next in this case? Does that mean that all the other things that they didn't have to deal with now all of a sudden become a reality in this? No, what would happen if the plea deal is thrown out? So Hunter can withdraw his guilty plea because the guilty plea is based on a plea deal. And the judge could say, try your case. You you have brought charges against Hunter Biden. We want to see you try your case and we're going to impanel a jury and have a trial but then at the end of it the judge can say i'm going to sentence the defendant if he's found guilty that i'm not going to take the plea deal that i've determined this plea deal is not in the interest of justice if the judge determines that hunter biden's lawyers have lied to the court have misrepresented and and this order says the judge thinks they have now the judge may be mistaken but what the order says is she went and asked the clerk's office, hey, what did the lawyer who called you say? And according to the order she entered, that's what made her enter the order to show cause why Hunter Biden's lawyer should not be sanctioned. I, I have, in nearly 30 years of practicing law, never seen an order like this. And, and I got to say, if you're Hunter Biden's lawyers right now, you are freaking out. And if you're the Biden DOJ desperately wanting to protect the big guy, you're freaking out. This is a major development. Is it just one lawyer that would be sanctioned, that, the one that made the phone call? Or is there a good chance that all the lawyers on the case that knew that this happened, are they going to be held accountable for, for this? Basically, in essence, because it would be a strategy that they would have done as a legal team. It depends on what the facts demonstrate. The, the lawyer who's most directly on the hook is the lawyer who is accused of lying to the court. And, and each lawyer is an officer 
of the court, and you have an ethical ob- obligation to the car- court, and so that lawyer is the one most directly at risk. But if it turns out other lawyers on Hunter Biden's defense, defense team knew about it, directed her to do this, were part of the decision to do this, they could all be sanctioned. It depends on what the facts are. I don't know what the facts are. I, I'm just reading an order that is a holy crap order. I want to tell you about our friends at Patriot Mobile real quick. If you are sick and tired of giving your money to woke companies that are fighting against your values, there is now an option that you've never had before when it comes to your cell phone. For years, big mobile companies have actually been dumping millions and millions of dollars into leftist causes. And you had to deal with that because there wasn't another option. Now there is Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Now, they offer you dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks, so you do not have to worry about coverage issues. You also get the best possible service within your area. They make sure of that. And you're getting rid of the woke propaganda pushed by those big mobile companies. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, not only are you going to get a great buy, you're going to get many times save money over what you're paying right now. But you're supporting free speech and religious freedom. You're supporting the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, our military, our veterans, our first responders every time you pay your bill. They take a portion of your bill every month at no extra charge to you and give it back to these causes. So if you're paying a cell phone bill, whether it's for you, your family, a business, a small business, call Patriot Mobile and make the switch. The number 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Or online at patriotmobile.com slash Ferguson. PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. Senator, I want to ask you about the narrative that's also changing at the White House. Uh, I've not actually heard anyone talking about this. You and I talked about this earlier. And this was a very big change in the narrative at the White House. Now, the White House has said for a long time over and over and over again, Joe Biden said it over and over and over again, I've never talked to my son or any of family members, the Biden family members, about any of these business dealings. He said that. He said during the campaign. Now the White House has changed that narrative. Listen carefully. You'll probably pick it up. And if not, we'll, we'll play it a second time for you. Uh, Chairman James Comer today says that the Oversight Committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. Business. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Okay. Senator, I know you heard it. Uh, the narrative's now changed. It used to be I never talked about business with my family. Now it is, quote, the president was never in business with his son, quote unquote. So, Ben, this is a big deal. You are right that Joe Biden has said over and over and over again, he never talked with Hunter Biden about his business. He never talked with Hunter Biden about his business. The White House has said Joe Biden never talked with Hunter Biden about his business. That was their line. They said it repeatedly. Here's the problem. It is now more and more clear that Joe Biden talked with Hunter Biden and with Hunter Biden's business associates about his businesses a lot. So, for example, Miranda Devine, who's done just fantastic reporting on this entire scandal for The New York Post, she wrote two days ago 
a story that the headline is Hunter Biden put then VP Dad Joe on the phone with business associates at least two dozen times ex-partner Devin Archer to testify. And Devin Archer, who was Hunter Biden's former best friend, he was his business partner. They were both on the board of Burisma together. Uh, apparently, Devin Archer is going to testify, according to the report in the New York Post, that Hunter Biden would dial in his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, on speakerphone into meetings with his overseas business partners, according to testimony expected before Congress this week from Devin Archer. Um, here's what James Comer said. We are looking forward very much to hearing from Devin Archer about all the times he has witnessed Joe Biden meeting with Hunter Biden's overseas business partners when he was vice president, including on speakerphone. One such meeting was in Dubai late in the evening of Friday, December 4th, 2015, after a board meeting of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which was paying Hunter $83,000 a month as director. Archer, who was also director, is expected to testify that after dinner with Burisma board at the Burj Al Arab Hotel, he and Hunter traveled six miles north to the Four Seasons Resort Dubai at uh, Jiraya Beach to have drinks with Hunter's friends. While they were sitting outside at the bar, Vadim Puzharsky, a senior Burisma executive, phoned to ask where they were because Burisma's owner, Mikola Zlochevsky, who we talked about a lot on Monday's pod, needed to speak to Hunter urgently. Soon afterwards, the two Ukrainians joined Hunter and Archer at the Four Seasons Bar, and Pozarski asked Hunter, can you ring your dad? At the time, it was early afternoon Friday in Washington, D.C. Hunter then called his father, put him on speaker, placed the phone on the table, and introduced the Ukrainians to Joe Biden by names as Nikolai and Vadim. He also said words to the effect that the Burisma bigwigs need our support. Joe Biden greeted the Ukrainians, but spoke only in vague pleasantries, Archer is expected to testify. They will note in context that three days after the speaker phone call, Joe Biden was due to fly to Kiev to address the Ukrainian parliament. Ten weeks before the call, on September 24th, 2015, the U.S. ambassador had given a speech about corruption in Ukraine, in which he targeted Zlochevsky by name. But by then, the Ukrainian prosecutor general, that's Viktor Shokin, who we talked about again at length on Monday's podcast. And if you didn't listen to Monday's podcast, go back and listen to it. It's incredibly important what the FD 1023 said. But Ukrainian prosecutor general Viktor Shokin was investigating Burisma for corruption. And a month later, Shokin was fired right after Joe Biden threatened to withhold $1 billion in U.S. aid to Ukraine. So. Here's the problem, Ben. Joe Biden has said repeatedly, I didn't talk to Hunter about his business. I didn't talk to Hunter about his business. The White House has said that. And now you've got Hunter's business partners saying, oh, yeah, Joe Biden talked to our, our, our business partners all the time. That's a huge problem. And so, and so I want you to play two things. Number one, I want us to listen to what the old White House message was which is I didn't talk to Hunter's business partners. Take a listen. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Now, that was in 2019, Senator. That was in Des Moines, Iowa, when he was running uh, for president. And he's saying, oh, I've, I've never, I never talked about it ever. Now they're saying, okay, maybe we did, but we were never officially in business together. 
So he said there flat out on the campaign trail for president. This is not a long time ago. This is while he's running for president. He says, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business deals. Now, his problem is Devin Archer is supposed to say that he's spoken at least two dozen times. So I want you to play again. Well, hold on, hold on. Let, me, let, me, let me also add this real quick, because this is where I just yeah. I have to do this because it makes me laugh. It's not just that first time. I, I forgot about this, and I just pulled it. We put together a montage of Biden answering this question over and over again, which the oh, White House has just undone now good. by their new admission. Here's the entire montage, starting back in 2019. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, but that company it, wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? I mean, that's a lot of time just said it, Senator, and now you're undoing it at the White House from the podium. So, so his answer is, I've never talked to Hunter. I've never talked to Hunter. I've never talked to his business associates. Now, I want you to play again yesterday's answer, because the, uh, the beautiful thing is, Corrine Jean-Pierre says, I'm going to give you the exact same answer I've given before, and then she says a totally different answer. So play that once again, because this is a massive shift, because the White House realizes, oh, crap. Joe Biden's been caught in a massive lie that implicates him in foreign corruption. So, so listen to Corrine Jean-Pierre's trying to be very clever and shift their answer. Uh, Chairman James Comer today says that the Oversight Committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. Business. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. There it is. So the answer is not going to change. So if the answer is not going to change, you would expect the president's never spoken to his son about his business deals. The president's never spoken to his business associates about his business deals. But she doesn't say that. She says the president was never in business with his sons. Now, now let me show you. It gets even worse. There's a subsequent article came out in The Federalist that is entitled Joe Biden allegedly interacted with son's clients more than 200 times. So you've got the story from The New York Post uh, for Miranda Devine, that Biden spoke with foreign businessmen and potential investors for Hunter at least 24 times. But the Federalist reports that there are more than 180 other episodes where the president interacted with his son's business partners. So, for example, then President Joe Biden reportedly met with Ukrainian, Russian and Kazakhstan business partners at Cafe Milano, which is a really shishi restaurant in Washington, D.C., Vadim Pusharsky, an executive at Burisma, thanked Hunter in writing for the introduction to his father. So here's an email that Pusharsky wrote, quote, Dear Hunter, 
thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Now, by the way, Joe Biden says, nope, never talked to my son about business. Pozarski, the Ukrainian barista official, says, hey, thanks for introducing me to your dad. Give me the opportunity to meet your father. I mean, it is stunning. Um, visitors logs show that Hunter Biden's business associates visited the White House. How many times do you think Hunter Biden's business associates visited the White House while Joe Biden was vice president? I, if you count them all up, there, it's countless. I mean, it's it's not one or two times. And the, many of the people got to go like a dozen or more times while he was the vice president. So according to Fox News, it's at least 80 times. There you go. Um, Hunter Biden's diary shows more than 100 events at the vice president's residence while Joe Biden was living at the Naval Observatory. Photographs from the same day as one meeting on the calendar, November 19th, 2015, features two Mexican billionaires, Carlos Slim and Miguel Aleman Velasco. And Hunter spent years leveraging the White House to pursue business deals with Slim. This pattern, listen, at this point, it is becoming almost impossible to maintain that Hunter Biden was doing anything other than selling not only access to daddy, but favors from daddy for millions of dollars. And you want proof of that? Here's a simple question. Why did the White House change their story? Corrine Jean-Pierre said, I'm going to give you the exact same answer I've given before. And then she gave a totally different answer. She'd said, Here's the exact same answer. Joe Biden's never spoken to Hunter about his business dealings, never spoken to his business associates. That would be the same answer. She didn't do that. She says, oh, Joe Biden's never been in business with his son. They realize they're in hot water. They are backtracking mightily. And you know what? I'm going to make a prediction. I love it when you do this, by the way, because it's always good. Not a single corporate media outlet will report on this massive shift. ABC is not going to report on it. CBS is not going to report on it. NBC is not going to report on it. CNN is not going to report on it. MSNBC is not going to report on it. The Washington Post is not going to report on it. The New York Times is not going to report on it. They are all covering up for Joe Biden, and I hope I'm wrong. You know what? If, if by 1030 today, one of them is so shamed, they say, holy crap, I'm actually going to be a reporter and report on the fact just like at Watergate, when, when the story starts changing, that's news. Any real journalist will report on that. We'll see if anybody does today. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, make sure you share this podcast as always on this story, especially because I think we are are, are the only ones at this point, Senator, that A, are, are willing to talk about it. I'm sure others noticed it, but it's been complete crickets since this massive uh, uh, you know, narrative change from the White House on Joe Biden's involvement. In essence, saying, yes, he was involved with the son's business dealings, but they were, quote, never business partners this on top of what's happening uh in court today is going to be very interesting let me tell you real quick about our friends at augusta precious metals if you are doing everything you can to save for retirement or maybe you're even in retirement and your number one goal is to protect your assets then you need to check out augusta precious metals Augusta Precious Metals has one goal in mind. That is to protect your hard-earned money, your hard-earned dollars, and help you with a gold IRA. Now, I'm excited to tell you about a company that I trust. It is Augusta because they will even tell you if a gold IRA isn't your answer. We all know that it is so important close to retirement or if you're in retirement to not be losing money. Why? Because there's no time to make up those losses. So if you've never taken a look at gold, Take a look at their free guide, and you'll also get a one-on-one web conference with Augusta Precious Metals. Go online to AugustaPreciousMetals.com, or you can call them and get that free guide. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Or Augusta preciousmetals.com use a promo code verdict they'll even pay your fees for up to 10 years that's augusta preciousmetals.com senator lastly there's also another big issue hasn't gotten a lot of press and it should it's a big win for not only the people in texas but a big win when it comes to the issue of national security and it's something that you led on with the strategic oil reserves the petroleum reserves that uh, that have been raided by this administration to artificially drop the price of gas before the midterm elections uh, and they don't seem to be wanting to 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 put oil back in our strategic oil reserves as well that is a national security issue but you also did some other things. Tell us about this victory. Well, that's exactly right. This, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was established to protect our national security and our energy security, that if we get in a time of warfare, if we get in a time of crisis, that we have oil we could re- rely on, that we won't have our economy grind to a halt. And it's there for emergencies. It's, it's not there to be a slush fund for Democrat presidents to try to cover their rear end in an election. Well, Joe Biden... Uh, last year sold 180 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. And the reason is he was trying to drive down gasoline prices right before the election, not because he wants prices low. Mind you, Biden wants prices higher and higher and higher. He just wants them to dip right before an election, so he thinks the voters won't notice that. Now, 
the result of those sales is it pushed the levels in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to the lowest they've ever been in 40 years. And last July, as part of selling 39 billion barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the Biden administration sold 1 million barrels to Unipec America, which is a subsidiary of China's Sinopec. And I will point out also that Hunter Biden, our friend who knows how to monetize daddy, has done business with the Chinese entities that are profiting off of daddy's sales of oil to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It is corrupt. It's also stupid that we would take our oil there to keep our economy, our national security safe, and sell it to China, our enemy. So I introduced an amendment to ban the United States government, to ban the Biden administration from selling oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China, to Russia, to Iran, or to North Korea. Basic principle, let's not sell our oil that's here to keep us safe to our enemies that are not there to keep us safe. We forced a vote in the Senate last week. This was an amendment that was authored by me and Joe Manchin, so it was bipartisan. And actually, you know what the lineup was on the amendment? What do you, what do you think? There were, there were two other senators that were the lead sponsors. Take a guess. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think here. It would be, you said Joe Manchin. Uh, I'm going to laugh. Can I throw out a curveball? Yeah. Mitt Romney. No, but that'd be a good guess. Mitt voted for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I was trying to think. You're, you're stumping me here. And I was like, all right, I got to go with a really good name here. Okay, so, so I'll give you even better than that. So number one, we had Joni Ernst, which is not shocking. Joni's a good friend. We do a lot together. And John Fetterman. So this was Cruz really? Mansion Ernst Fetterman. That's interesting. That's, that's an interesting dinner right there. Y'all should do that. So we had a vote on it. Do you know what the vote was? What was it? 85 to 14. So we didn't just win. We won by a massive margin, 85 to 14. And so that's now part of the National Defense Authorization Act. When this bill passes into law, which I believe it's going to, the Biden administration will no longer be able to sell oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China or to Russia or to North Korea or to Iran. Now, 14 people voted no. The lead Democrat who opposed me is Chris Murphy, very, very liberal senator from Connecticut. And what's the reason for not just him, but the other 14 to oppose this? Well, let me give you their own reasoning. So in the last Congress, I went to the Senate floor and I tried to pass this by unanimous consent. And one of the ways you get things passed in the Senate is you can pass it by unanimous consent where you stand up. And if nobody objects, it passes. And a lot of stuff gets passed that way. So I went to the Senate floor. I said, look, this is basic common sense. No one should object. Let's pass this. Chris Murphy from from Connecticut came and objected. And one of the things I argued is I said, look, there's a war waging in Ukraine right now. Um, we should not be selling oil to our enemies. If anything, we should be selling to our friends and, and, and not enriching our enemies. Chris Murphy countered with Democrat legislation that would prohibit all sales of oil and gas, not just from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but from any private entity in the United States to any foreign nation. And the two of us had a debate on the Senate floor where I said, wait a second, I'm, I'm standing up saying America should not send oil to our enemies. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes right? This sense. isn't crazy. Right? <laughs> the Democrats are countering with we shouldn't sell oil to our friends. 
We should tell our friends, our allies, nope, you can't have any of our oil. And we should force our allies. We should force Europe. Sorry, you got to buy from Russia because the idiot Democrats in Washington don't want to sell you American oil. So go put money in Putin's coffers. It was truly insane. And yet Chris Murphy doubled down. But I got to say, when we came to a vote, 85-14 is a pretty good margin. Yeah, that's a big margin. And it's also really an issue, as you just described it, of, of national security. And, yes. and, and this, when people that don't understand the national security aspect of this, if, if we sell our oil to our adversaries and we get low on our strategic oil reserves, that, that's a double whammy from us from a national security standpoint. No, that's exactly right. And China is in the middle of amassing an enormous reservoir uh, of of oil precisely because they want to be in a strong national security position. So when the Biden administration is selling oil to China, they are weakening America and helping China, which is why the Senate overwhelmingly said, stop doing that. And I got to say, it says a lot that Senate Democrats voted to say, Joe Biden, stop doing that. Yeah. And that, and that shouldn't be very controversial at all. Uh, a big win on this one. Congratulations on the leadership. Also it being bipartisan. And it's also amazing that 14 people would vote against this, but welcome to these strange times in Washington, DC. Senator, one last thing. I just want to tell everybody about this. The first time we've ever done this on, on verdict. Uh, and I want to invite verdict listeners to join me in the Holy land, Israel, Uh, We have put together a trip, and you know that Israel is the cradle of Judaism, Christianity, and many of the principles that we hold dear as Americans. We are going to go see some of the most incredible sites. We're we're talking about the Armageddon battlefield, Jericho, Jerusalem, Bethlehem. We're going to get to sail on the Sea of Galilee and float on the Dead Sea. You're going to be walking in the footsteps of biblical figures just like King David and Jesus Christ. And you're going to be doing it together with other listeners from around the country that listen to Verdict. I'm going to meet up with you in Jerusalem, and you're going to get to experience that city and all these others, including things like the Western Wall, the Temple Mount. Uh, It's going to be an incredible trip. So you need to go right now to ChristianExpedition.com slash Ben. That's ChristianExpedition.com. Dot com slash Ben. We're going to do this trip. you got plenty of time to plan it. May the 6th through the 15th of 2024. People are already signing up right now. It's going to, it's going to book out fast. So check it out, christianexpedition.com slash Ben. You can also call them, and you get all the information, 877-234-3002. That's 877-234-3002. ChristianExpedition.com slash Ben. Join me and other Verdict listeners as we take an amazing trip to the Holy Land, Israel. ChristianExpedition.com slash Ben. I want you to be a part of it. Senator, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. We'll see everybody back here uh, and see what that judge does on Friday morning. Don't forget, subscribe to the show. Hit that follow button or auto-download wherever you're listening. Please share this podcast with others. Uh, We're covering news that no one else is talking about, so share it wherever you are on social media, and we'll see you back here on Friday morning. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.